welcome on the island. We're back again. Double elimination week. Survivor. Ghost Island. Although, no Ghost Island to be found this week. Which is probably for the better. (laughs) But... (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to start off negative because we have a special guest today and it's going to be fun. And Ty always tells me that people get mad at me when I'm negative. No, that's not true. They don't get mad at you. They just prefer positive, upbeat energy, Taylor. You said that one of our like three devoted fans was like disappointed whenever I broke down the edit and tried to spoil the season and they just got annoyed. Yeah, season spoilers for those people that like buy into the drama that they're selling us, they don't appreciate that. So that's the only feedback I got was people got upset that we picked the winners way too early. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be sighing already like two seconds into the episode. I'm jealous that no one's called me pretty tonight. Let's steal Laurel's line. Um, anyway, so with me as usual, he's an idiot and I'm willing to vote him out. It's Tyler B. Commons. That's right. I'm back, and I am excited because we had a crazy episode. There was a twist that I don't think had ever been done. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the double tribal, double limb, I thought that was a fun new twist. Yeah, well, well, it's never been done, I can confirm. We'll talk about it because there was a funny Jeff Probst quote about it that I'm interested to get y'all's opinion on. But yeah, we have another person here who I just forgot about, apparently. You know her from hit musicals like Shrugging Destiny or Attorney at Love. Or ex-moms, days of mother's moms. That's a personal favorite of mine. It's Jessica McKenna from Off Book, the improvised musical podcast. How are you, Jess? Hello. Hello, hello. Good ones. Ex-moms. Wow, I really <laughs> forgot the full title of that until you said it back. I, I um. will say I had to look it up because I couldn't remember exactly how it went. But that's one oh, that the songs, yeah, I really still think of the songs. Ourselves. Into a corner with uh, the like spontaneously naming it at the act break. It usually <laughs> involves Zach and I like locking eyes and being like, um, why'd we do this? <laughs> um, if you haven't listened to it as a plug for ourselves, I guess, we talked to the genius. Is it? I don't want to steal your, your thunder because you're, you know, you're a genius too, obviously, but the genius behind it all. Obvious genius. <laughs> That's my Twitter bio. <laughs> um, the, but uh, yeah, no, I I think you can you can give genius crown to to <laughs> former guest. Yeah, Scott Passarella on the keys. Is that part of his name? Scott Passarella on the keys. <laughs> Full name on the keys. Yeah, that was a great episode from late last year, and we broke down like songs from the podcast and stuff. And he he brought his piano with him, so it was great. So if you're not familiar with the show, if you were, you would love it. If you're not. You might find it interesting. I know, Ty, you listen to it, even though I think I'm not sure to this day. This is a, this is an interesting situation because I am like, wow, I can't believe we have one of my favorite people here to talk about Survivor. And Ty, <laughs> I think, might not have any idea who, who Jess was until like a week ago. Yeah, you've, you've talked about um, the podcast before and... I just, I don't have enough time or I waste too much time to listen to podcasts, I think is really what it is. Um, So I've not listened to it. And I was like, when you lined up this guest, I said, hey, I'm going to go listen to some. And you're like, no, it'll be more fun if we just, you guys meet randomly and you've never heard a podcast. So I'm planning on listening to one, but I have yet to listen to anything. Ty's turning so red. No worries. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely worth the time if you haven't done it, obviously. And we won't ask Jess to like break out into song now because we're here to talk about Survivor. And we got a lot to get to. Like you said, double episode. But before we get into it, I, I like to do this whenever we have a previous castaway on or just whoever. Jess, tell me how long you've been watching Survivor for or like what interests you about it and why you still totally. watch it to this day. Uh, um, I have like a big gap in my survivor years like i watched um when it first you know i probably watched like the first four seasons as a kid and then uh sort of fell off and then got back into it and sort of like when a big part of my social life post-college became ironically watching reality shows i say that because like there wasn't really no irony (laughs) yeah uh but like definitely like watching in groups you know like having a group that watches The Bachelor together, mm-hmm. uh, having a group that watches Survivor. Um, so now I think I've watched 
since like see for the last like seven seasons. So I'm very up to date on like recent past Survivor, but I am missing like a massive gap in the middle. Um, I think I've spot watched like a few random seasons and uh, I know because I don't really know the outcomes, I definitely could just like pick season 14 or something. Or I feel like season 15 people talk a lot about. Um, <laughs> I may be wrong, but uh, so there's like a big gap in my Survivor watching, but I'm like very into it now. Love it, you know, have like text chains, you know, very looking at people on Instagram, following, <laughs> very invested. Oh, we'll get we'll get into the behind the scenes stuff because one half of the mystery couple got voted off this week, even though we haven't seen it on TV hardly at all. But yeah, I mean, what 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 appeals to you about it unironically? Yeah, no, definitely. I think the irony aspect of, of reality watching is much more for like the bachelor universe uh you know like you have to understand that like you're probably hurting your brain to watch like a three hour bachelor in paradise episode but no survivor <laughs> is like good quality programming my husband like missed several seasons of like our friends in la getting back into it and has like maybe watched the last two and it's like crazy that he is like not part of the evolution of the game you know he's like why don't more people like ken he's so good at fishing or like (laughs) he's a terrible game player and he's like but i don't you know like he's like going back to like maybe og seasons where like the ability to provide for camp was like valued more and not this idea of like building a resume he like didn't know what a goat was he was like why are they talking about goats that's greatest of all time and we're like it's the opposite in the survivor (laughs) universe it's uh sacrificial goat it's like a scapegoat you bring like a weak player to the end so all these changes that have happened i've kind of only seen i like miss like the evolution but so yeah i love where the game is at right now it's kind of it isn't like an interesting place i think especially this season this like notion of maybe the maybe it's gotten too forceful with like twists uh although i really liked this episode's twist but I, i think I agree with your introductory tone, Taylor. Ghost Island is a big wah, wah, failed, failed attempt at intrigue. Why are so many of those freaking urns full of, like, not, not not today? And why is the game, like, not puzzle-based at all? doesn't involve anything. It's just them, like, picking random numbers. It's just, like, this is so stupid. And the fact that it's never strategic who they send. They just all draw rocks. Like, I feel... I feel like they must have been watching the dailies of early episodes and being like, oh, this is uh, not working. It's like, (laughs) yeah, this week instead we're doing two tribals and no one goes to Ghost Island and literally no one cares. But I think I do like, I do like the lore of it. I like seeing the flashbacks of like, I think that part's cool. You like the the stick that like lived on the island for years and got enough of an education to become a powerful idol. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, like, just the the fact that all these people now, when they go on Survivor, are, like, such super fans. And they're, like, or at least, like, they, in their um, interviews, like, pretend to be, or are coached, I'm not sure. But they're, like, of course, I remember when James did this, and it's, like, you do? I mean, maybe you do. Like, because I, because I missed so many seasons, I'm, like, yeah, I could tell you about, like, when uh, Joe passed out and then we knew he was going to get voted out. Like, I can tell you, like, recent stuff. So yeah. maybe if I had been watching, I could recall Wait, you're that. saying you think I they're... I like that aspect. You think they're coached whenever they say that they're trying to reverse the curse? I feel like they're all just like, um, you know, I really just want to come out and reverse <sighs> the curse tonight. I know. There's no... no they're way. all just huge Red Sox fans? <laughs> Cubs fans? I think both of them talked about reversing curses. Curse I think of the Bambino, though. That's that's Red Sox, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're right. But speaking of gaps in time, I think that would have worked better 20 years ago. I know, they both reversed this curse. Um, <laughs> to your point, though, about yeah. the idols and stuff, like there was so much respect for those win-to-the-end people, if the, like Ozzy or whatever back in the day. Right. Where now, I think Chelsea, I don't have the exact number, but she's won two or three individual immunities, and I don't think I could tell you anything about her. Totally. I mean, you guys were talking about, like, the edit. We've not met Chelsea basically at all. So I'm like, (laughs) how is she still... I mean, this is, like, 
anybody now are all like we've had like years of reality television you should all everyone should be able to tell like the people who don't get camera time will not matter like that's the same in like the bachelor universe so this isn't spoiler it's just like whose story have they made us care about okay well that's because they want us to like root for them and watch them um i remember i the first episode of gen x versus millennials we were all like, oh my gosh, David's going to be a huge player. I know he looks like a skeleton, but he's going to be a huge player. Like, they're introducing this arc. He's getting so much screen time. And then the next day or, like, a few days later, I saw him at a brewery in L.A. And I was like, <laughs> pretty pretty big in the edit, David. Pretty big. And he was just like, I don't know. <laughs> Which I was like, that's sad because it's not like he didn't win. It's like, he was like final four, I think. Um, yeah. But it was just still, like, we were definitely, like, set up to watch that guy's metamorphosis and, like, care about him. So, it's not spoilers. It's just, like, come on. Who is Chelsea? Uh, <laughs> who is who, she? Who is Chelsea? Who is she? Who are any Who are any of these people besides Dom and Donathan? And like, Wendell, and, uh, and And Wendell and, Ke- and Kellen, I guess. Yeah. Laurel Laurel gets a lot. I mean, those are the final five. They must be. Angela <laughs> has her, her big, like, slug moment. Mm-hmm. But, like, truly, this season... Is the biggest, like, cattle call of, like, nameless, like, hotties under 25. It's just, like, this was a really poorly cast season, in my opinion. I didn't mean to send you on such a rant that we're, we can just call yeah, the episode. I'm sorry. See I'm sorry. Thanks. Thanks sorry, guys. <laughs> Bye. But, yeah, I think the, we've sort of seen it as two halves where before the merge, I thought this season was shaping up to be pretty good, where... There were a lot of people trying to make big moves, and there were a lot of fun, interesting people. Like we talked a lot about Stephanie and Brendan, and uh, Bradley yeah. was fun for a while. Obviously, Michael, who just got voted out this week, was good. And for whatever reason, it, we'll talk about this. But I, I should try to get us on track. But but it's just it's gotten to a place where it's very predictable and just kind of like why is no one doing anything? And it's just kind of boring. That's all. Ty, you want to add a, a, a overall thoughts since everybody else has gotten in on the action here? Yeah, I think the cast, while they're young and some of them are duds, I think a lot of this has been at least entertaining. If they haven't even been good at the show and, you know, the qualities it takes to win the show nowadays, like, Chris is not going to win. Chris is really entertaining because he rapped and everybody hated him and he only talked about himself, which yes. makes for great reality TV. But I think kind of like in The Bachelor world, I've watched one episode of The Bachelor my entire life. And it was the opening of one season, and I picked the winner in, like, the opening episode in, like, 15 minutes of watching. I was like, we know who's going to win. And, you know, you got to see that immediately. You got to see Dom set up against Chris and Wendell was smart. You got to see these people at the beginning, and hopefully we're getting to them. And I just, I can't wait for them to start playing the game and turning on each other. We almost had that this week when they were talking about sending Kellen home and all this, but people are too insecure to like get their name dragged through the mud that they want to stay on top for so long and like i don't know i've said it in last week and i'm gonna say it again this week i think dom is playing like such a ridiculously good game the way he interacts with people the way he'll like stop and stare at them and fully listen to what they say and then steer them instead of being that guy that just like waits for his opportunity to talk he makes them feel heard before he like says oh no we got to write this ship and we're gonna go this way so he's a great player and he's been somewhat entertaining totally I don't know Agreed. what my baseline for this is or where I'm going with this, like, general. <laughs> Anytime I talk over 45 seconds, I get lost. I just need to so stop you, right? Okay. I'll stop you, you do, there. please. <laughs> I, I just keep thinking... I, I don't really watch The Bachelor. I just keep thinking of the weird thing they did this year with the, like, cold filming of two cameras and him dumping that girl it was just, like, the weirdest thing. I don't... Uh, it was insane. That's it like, was insane. Should these shows keep trying to find ways to, like be interesting so many years into them that it just gets to these places like this week survivor did a double tribal for the first time ever and here's a quote that i that i saw afterward that i think ty who do you think said this I'm gonna oh see boy if, i'm gonna see if you can get it this time i always At, get these wrong after 36 seasons any new idea is an idea worth trying jeff you got it Oh my gosh, it was the first time in weeks. Well, no one else has been there for 36 seasons, so it was kind of like... that. I just thought that quote was so telling of like, (laughs) hey, I think we might be out of ideas. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, he... I mean, what I wish they had done is, I guess, like, I don't like it when you can, like, feel the heavy hand of producers or whatever, but it would have been amazing if 
somehow they had split those so that Navidi had to cannibalize. Because this, like, freaking arbitrary Navidi stuff is so annoying. Oh, Kellen, and ju- oh, Kellen kills me with her Navidi strong. Like, get wristbands or some bullcrap. It makes me so upset yeah. the way that she's... <laughs> Pushing that this only, entire season. They were only a tribe for like four days before they did switch <laughs> up. Like, what is this magical, arbitrary bond that makes you like care about Navidi more than realizing that none of you will beat Dom or or Wendell unless it's, you get Dom out before then? Like, it's like they have baffling. just like completely, completely set themselves apart. No one else has like a hope for winning against them. Well, this is and a, okay. I know Dom will turn on Wendell. Like. He'll do it because he's a, he knows that, okay, I mean, he even said it in this episode, like, he can't forever with Wendell. Yeah, and I, I think you just touched on a lot of topics I want to get into, but, like, God, there's just, like, I mean, Ty, you said last week that I was listening back to last week's episode, and you mentioned that basically since day one or two, Navidi's been in control, and I like I, like we were talking about, I don't have that good of a memory of all the seasons previous but like why why is it still like this shouldn't things have like shaken up by now like we're 27 or 28 days in and it's still just let's slowly pick off malolo i mean occasionally like the chris dom thing happened which was entertaining and bradley went home at some point and desi went home but only because she was somebody who actually tried to make a move and Mm -hmm. everybody was just like how dare you go against navidi and just killed her (laughs) and it's just like baffling to me that like let's talk about laurel specifically because last week we were debating whether it was a good move to go to uh dom and say hey this was all desi desi's trying to do this and kind of just blow up desi's plan and at the beginning of this week's episode she was like talking about how she felt like she bought the big three's trust of kellen dom and wendell and her her big move had really locked her in with them but then by the end of the episode, Dom and Wendell are whispering to each other, and Laurel has no idea what's about to happen. And it's like, at what point were you going to realize that there's these people, and you're just a number to them? Well, I do think, though, they are keeping her aspect a secret. And so I think it was a better move for them not to incorporate Laurel in that whispering. That's actually, like, more oh, well, protective yeah. for Laurel. Yeah. And them. And I think that Laurel... Though I still think this isn't enough. If she can sit in Final Tribal next to Wendell and Dom and be like, hey, I was a secret like asset to them this whole time and I'm the only Malolo sitting here while you guys were supposed to be strong, I got in here. And if Wendell and Dom split the vote, I could see like a gameplay where that is her only option at this point because every Malolo is getting picked off is like, she has no other option other than to be like, hey, I'm the only Malolo who actually got in here for real. Not just like sweet Donathan. Um, <laughs> That's pretty compelling, actually. That's not bad. I, mean, I still think she needs to take one of them out, though. She's got to like have something on if her. If she could, it would be amazing. Like if she, when it gets to like five, convinces Wendell that that's when he should split. Because I think she has a better chance of beating Wendell. No one can beat Dom, I think. So I think if they can, if she can make that move and architect getting Dom out, then she might actually have a really good resume. I was this secret Malolos, like, uh, double agent this whole game. You guys picked us off like we were, you know, just ducks. And I I took out the king, you know? Who, who's it going to be? I mean, Wendell and Dom potentially turning on each other. I mean, they had the fateful, like, I guess I've never seen the Godfather, but I was going to say, like, Godfather-like <laughs> conversation where they're like, We'll never turn on each other, right? There's no, if if we if we go at each other, we're both gonna die, or blah blah blah. So obviously one of them is gonna turn on the other one soon. But who who's it gonna be? I mean, we we I think we talked about this a little bit off the top, but like, do we think Dom makes the move first, or Wendell uses his connection with Laurel to like try to make something happen? What what are we? What's our what's our prediction? Um, I think Dom will do it. <laughs> And yeah, this confident is, prediction. This is, <laughs> Ty, <laughs> this is my. I more was just like I'm over talking on their podcast, so I was like, uh, Ty. <laughs> this is my thoughts first. on that. I totally feel like Wendell is gonna try and be the uprising and try to go against Dom. Be the uprising. And weirdly, I, like that. I think Dom is gonna be able to stomp it out. I do think. I mean, I guess it's kind of spoiler for our power rankings. I got Dom beating out Wendell this week, and I just. It seems like he's more in control and he's more calm and he's more cool and collected. And even though 
Laurel Donathan or in Wendell's back pocket, I don't see Wendell using that soon enough. I see the final, well, I see a final four coming down to the three main power players in Laurel or something like that. And Wendell tries to make a move and I don't think it works well for him. Uh, I think they're both playing really, really strong and really, really good games. But when, as soon as as soon as gloves come off and they have a slugfest, for some reason, I'm just getting this this feeling in the back of my head that Dom is playing such a good game. Nobody actively dislikes him. I don't think anyone actively dislikes Wendell either. But Dom just seems like he has a way about he could talk people down if they decided to go against him, where I don't think Wendell has that ability. I agree, and I think we saw that when Laurel Laurel got sort of like rubbed the wrong way by Wendell a few episodes ago. So I do feel like Wendell is less adept at like mollifying people as Dom. So I think like unless Wendell does it soon, Dom's going to take out Wendell. Yeah. Nobody has made like any big moves. In for, it's, and like, it's it's kind of crazy. It's crazy. And I remember, do you remember when James got voted out and he was like, great blindside, guys? I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm going to throw up hashtag blindside for you, man. This is not a blindside. <laughs> yeah, uh, James was I one the of the hashtags. More I've been watching robots. online the last couple weeks. I haven't gotten to see the great hashtags. Were there any good ones this week? I didn't notice any. No. Nah. Here, let's That's what rank... I get for streaming it. <laughs> yeah, no, let's let's rank the three dumbest things that happened this week. And I guess you guys can disagree with me on whether the whether these are dumb things, but to me the three dumbest things were the immunity challenge because it was one of those things where they're just holding their arms out and then all of a sudden it ends. So it's like not really a good TV challenge. You have no idea who's winning or losing or what what's happening. And then <laughs> Dom Dom finding a fake idol that survivor made for him i guess i seems like literally i mean every, you both of you are shaking your head just at the description of that and then yeah i kind of thought i mean the double tribal thing felt like hey we only have 13 episodes and we need to get down to three people but I, that was kind of stupid too and, and had the potential to actually really screw with people's games in a way that you could debate whether it was would have been fair or not like if if wendell i mean wendell has an idol but if if he had been placed on a tribe with like jenna donathan michael and laurel or something and and they just decide you know what let's just get rid of wendell we finally have the numbers for once (laughs) i don't know like obviously the fake idol thing is the dumbest i think i i'm just i've become so cynical about the things that the producers do to try to yeah. liven things up. I don't like I definitely I feel, feel like, like the fake idol makes no sense cuz it's like, oh, here's a fake idol that you can try to convince people you have a real idol and like lord it over them, but that's not a twist that's like helpful. That's like half the people that have gone to Ghost Island and like we were saying earlier, they smash the urn and they don't get to do anything. Like it felt <laughs> the exact same way. Yeah. The fake idol, I mean, if he can But he already I has a fake idol good. too, doesn't he? I know. And also, like, fake idol is not really... The, like, flashing one at Tribal doesn't really work as... You know, like, now we've seen it, it's not as big of a, of a thing anymore. I think uh, the the idea that he could, like, pull someone into a conversation right next to it and hope that they see it, you know, um, and play it... I don't even know how he can lead someone to, to it without being too obvious. Or just, like says, I'm going idol hunting, let someone follow him and runs and there's like a chase off and he lets the other person get it. I mean, I think maybe you do it for Kellen since she's starting to get like too paranoid and then you like are like, hey girl, you're good. You have this idol. Well, and she apparently believes anything that happens. I think she's like got the makings of some good aspects of a player, but she's just like getting jittery. You know what I mean? I think she's like, she's been like a good to decent player, but this Navidi allegiance is like, Although in the teasers, we've we had her saying, like, it's finally breaking or whatever. Which I like, think we've had that three weeks yeah, in a row. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, my gosh, it's so insane. But, yeah, that was dumb. You're right. That challenge did not play well on TV. And I was so sad when Michael lost. I was like, Michael, you knew. I just That <laughs> yeah. didn't make any sense to me. He's like the biggest, strongest dude left. And he's first or second out or something like that. And it's literally a bicep curl for 15 minutes. Like, I don't know what... <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he had trouble with that one. I know. Uh, to touch on your... So you were talking about the double tribal and everybody's chances immediately going from like 12% being voted out to 25%. I did think that was like extremely well, unfair. And 20? Well, sort of 20. Two of them had immunity. I was, I, oh, I, I see yeah, what you mean. Guy. Yeah, yeah, 25. Good point. So it definitely wasn't... 
it wasn't fair, but I felt like it created enough excitement. I feel like this might have been one of those moves we talk about where producers were like, well, crap, we have this Navidi domination. We have to change things up. And then it still ended up a 3-2 split in both tribes. So it didn't actually help what I thought they were trying to do. Do you think it's just that Navidi is like a really good tribe name and they like were like, <laughs> yeah. Also, I guess they did a better job at building their camp. Like when Bradley was at Malolo and he was just like, this is dirt. I feel homeless. I'm in the slums. <laughs> that was like that guy. Oh my gosh. Really. He really a low point. He was a lot. He was extra. He was. He was extra. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> and I mean, we've talked about it. Like those pre-merge people have been the most fun to follow on social media. Uh, like, oh, I haven't followed anyone from this season until I had to look at what Michael was up to last night. <laughs> and it is a lot of shirtless pigs. <laughs> <laughs> had to had to check it. Had to see what he was up to. Had to see if he was okay. Yeah. No, did you watch... We'll talk about this later, but do you keep up with the Ponderosa videos that they put out? Well, I was going to say the only Ponderosa video I watched was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I chose real well <laughs> because that commercial was... So absurd. Uh, we'll get to that. Like, we'll I get know, to that. I know. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Great, great, great. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like uh, the pre-merge people seem like they're friends. Like you talked about uh, millennials versus Gen X, and we've talked to some people from that season on the podcast, and like they really did seem to like each other, all of them. And it yeah. makes for a fun group to follow along. But like, I guess it also makes for people not making big moves. I don't know. It's like, it's weird. But yeah, you'll see if you go like Brendan and Stephanie and James and the other Stephanie who got voted out first and uh, Kellen and Br- and Bradley, they they all hang out a lot. They're like homies. And I think Kellen and Bradley might be dating. I haven't figured it out yet. Oh, man. Yeah, I saw some sort of boat photo when I was digging around yesterday. <laughs> they were on a boat. They were on a boat together. But you know who's definitely dating is Jenna... And Sebastian. Really? Yeah. Did you know, not know this? Hardcore. No, I did not know this. They have like a blog and Instagram and it's called Tarzan and Jane. And there was a post on their Instagram today that was like, I had to vote out the love of my life in last night's episode and blah, blah, blah. And it's like this whole, it's a whole thing. Oh my gosh. I got to get into that. <laughs> and you wouldn't Usually know it. I this let is- my... So- my social media stuff usually waits till when the season's over, just oh, in case. You don't want to you know have I mean? it ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because like I've been following them and seeing all this stuff, but they hardly talk on the show. Like there was a thing several weeks back yeah. where they messed with each other's hair, and and that was it. And then you, if you paid close attention last week on the helicopter reward, she like did the thing where she's like grabbing his arm and like leaning up against him, but. That was about it. And even in this week, they didn't mention it at all. Well, she said, like, in her Ponderosa, which, sorry, so you said we get to that, but she was like, <laughs> he said that I was chunky when I first got here, and now I'm hot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Not good basis. Like, not a good basis for a relationship. Okay, I'm, I'm worried for her. I'm, that yeah. was funny. Um, Wait, I'm, writing, I'm writing that down. Don't tell girl that she was chunky. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but I'm also here for relationship advice. <laughs> this is our yeah, new segment, wait. Relationship Advice with Jessica McKenna. Oh, man. <laughs> She's watched many seasons of The Bachelor, so she knows. <laughs> I know. I can tell you if you're there for the right reasons. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so the first tribal, or as people on the internet were calling it, the boring one, was <laughs> Jenna... Donathan, Angela, Chelsea, and Sebastian. And apparently, based off post-game talk, it was like about as short as it seemed because Angela doesn't talk, Chelsea doesn't talk, Sebastian hardly talks, and Jenna and Donathan basically both went in and just said, let's just get to the vote. We're ready, uh, we're ready to go. I. This is where I wish that Donathan was like a little bit better of a player or that Jenna would have trusted him once she off, once he rev- once they were talking about his idol. I was like, Jenna, no, don't call him an idiot and lure him into this trap. Use it to flip on, to get a Navidi out, you guys. Like, why are you working together? Yes, you should just vote Sebastian and let yourself take the votes and be like, you have to give me your idol. Like, she should have pivoted and been honest with Donathan instead of calling him an idiot. They could have gotten Sebastian out. It was just like... Or maybe she didn't want to vote for Sebastian because she was already in love. (laughs) 
Yeah, maybe. She also, in her interview, she kept calling him this kid, which maybe that's like a, I think, maybe that's like a dialect thing. But I've never heard people do that. She kept saying like, oh, this kid, I love this kid. Like, we've been dating and this kid's just great. And I was like, is that a way people talk? I just hadn't heard that. But yeah, it was weird because she almost accidentally saved herself through all that. Like, she was like, oh, he's going to be an idiot and play it for me. (laughs) And then it almost would have, like, it would have saved her, actually, if he had played it for her. And he probably would have gone home because it would have been 1-1, Donathan and Sebastian. And then they would have revoted and it probably would have just been straight up Donathan, like in the other tribal, which we'll talk about. But it was just a lot of confusion for, like, a fairly simple result. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I totally Yeah, no, I totally... I wish they had figured it out and sent Sebastian home just because I'm so sick of the Malolos. I do think Donathan may have had the best quote of the episode, though, because right after the double tribal, he said, Survivor bitch slapped us today, which was awesome coming from Donathan because he's not he's had a couple lines in the How beginning. About his, his snap when he got the vote. Yeah, when he when he was like, I played it right. And there was like, no, you did. Oh, maybe I did. <laughs> but... I was actually so happy he kept the idol for himself because there's been like when we see bad idol play it there's nothing more frustrating because I can sit at home on my couch and be like oh I would have seen that coming like I'm not an idiot but to see him actually say no I'm going to use it on you and then like decide to keep it for himself and not get voted out I loved that he did that because there's so many times people make the wrong idol play and I'm just frustrated and even though it was non-consequential inconsequential he he made the right decision in looking out for number one and i feel like a lot of people go home for trying to be the nice guy and i was happy he didn't try to be the nice guy totally but i don't know if it was as much motivated by nice guys he was like i cannot lose and like i i think his reasons for wanting to save jenna were good which were like especially him being afraid that laurel would go out in the other one he's like i'll literally have no one Mm -hmm. um that i can even trust about what's going on for but like he has got written all over him so he's well, that's actually like, like pretty safe that's what makes him get so that's what makes him so frustrating though is he's like one of those players who the whole season he keeps saying you know i think maybe i should make a move now maybe this is the time but then he never does and it's like i know it's, it's so sad to watch that play out every with somebody but he every could, year. he if he could pull off even if he only pulled off one big move he would be a real threat because yeah. like any Malolo who can make it really far and if they can combine that resume with a big move, I think is a pretty, like, that's a pretty convincing final tribal. You know, like, you, you're looking at a bunch of Navidis who all tried and failed to get you out. They can't, like, they gotta give you their respect, you know, any Malolo who can escape the black hole that is this arbitrary Navidi pride. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so some, some notes from Jenna that I thought were interesting. And this goes to what we're talking about. It was clear to me that Dom and Wendell as a pair had control. Every single person was walking up to them and asking permission to make any move. But out of the two, I always felt Dom was so much better at being upfront about it. He was so clearly in control and unapologetic, and yet no one ever did anything. Wendell was a lot more smooth, playing in the background. Props to Dom for always coming out and being like, this is how it's going to be, and owning it. So it's like the third week in a row that I feel like we've read a quote where people know exactly what's going on and just aren't doing anything about it, which is frustrating. Yeah. I like that Dom is playing that way. Yeah. Again, when my when my husband got back into it with me, he was like, I would just like shout from over there who I was voting for so people would know how honest I was. I was like, Morgan, <laughs> again, no one cares about honesty. They would so, actually think less of you. I also don't even think the producers would let you do that. He would just be Ken McNichol, basically. I, th- <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope not. But like That was yeah, great when he, Dom was yelling out the vote though. That was awesome. Yeah. But it's funny, I've, I've, we've, as I mentioned, we've talked to people from the Ken McNichol season, and there's like a palpable sense of like, everyone really didn't like him. And I haven't really figured it out, because no one, they're all too nice to like really talk about it. But every time you bring up Ken McNichol, they're all kind of like, oh, Ken. (laughs) Or or like, or like talk about how he was never going to get any votes at Final Tribal and how he was just like a joke. And it's like, it's such a weird, it's, that's another story for another day, but uh, the other two things, she talked about her showmance because uh, in her interview with the Hollywood Reporter, they asked her if it was if it was real, all, all this stuff on social media. She said, it's legit. We're in love. 
I'm moving to Florida in two weeks. I just quit my job. It's real. They didn't show it on the show. They showed us sniffing hair and that's about it. We didn't really get anywhere on the show. We started flirting at Ponderosa before the game when we couldn't even talk to each other. We were sitting by each other. We sat together on the plane ride, flying out next to each other. That's where it started. We actually have matching tattoos of the plane seats we sat in. <laughs> I got a head shake and a, and a big eyes from, from both of you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I know exactly what I'm doing. I gotta be looking this stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) Know what I'm spending the rest of the night doing. And the other thing she talked about that we didn't see, which I thought was kind of weird that we didn't even hear about it, is apparently last week during the reward challenge where the winning tribe went on out in the helicopter, they negotiated with Jeff to get more food. And they took down their bed and their shelter for 20 pounds of rice. And Probst agreed to it. And she said, if you watch the episode, you'll notice Michael is spooning himself pity rice and that they were eating so much rice at the end because of the deal that they made. She said she was upset because she wanted people to be crazy and hungry and irrational so she could make a move or whatever. But I just thought it was interesting that something that big apparently happened and we had no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. Seems like that should have made the episode. See, which doesn't help because you remember we talked about at the beginning, they got 50% less rice, but I was sitting here saying, look, they're getting food at every reward and they're doing (laughs) like, no one looks like they're losing weight. Everyone just loses 12 pounds because that's the only fixed number that you're allowed to lose apparently. Although we did break from that trend this week when we had a 10 pound and a 20 pound. So that was kind of crazy. Michael lost 20 pounds. Yeah. Man. But he was, I mean, he was a big dude. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about his tribal, and then we'll get to the Ponderosa stuff and power rankings and everything. He, I mean, he went out fighting, right? He he did, he's been fighting the entire time, and he did everything he could, and uh, no luck this time. It, it's it's always so easy to root for the guys with their back against the wall the whole time, and I, I just kind of wonder whether I, I don't know. It's like you want to see him have another chance because I don't know whether he was good at this or whether he was just desperate, and being desperate makes you good at this. I think he has to be good at it because if you watch him stand up and leave tribal, every single person like gave him a hug and gave him a fist bump. I can't remember exactly what Wendell said, but he's like, you did good kid or you did good bud or something like that. Like, yeah, I think he legit played a really good game and which was surprising to everyone because I think the target spawned on his back for like the last five weeks which amounts like 15 days they've been trying to get rid of him but just other things came up and he is he's such a good player i hope he's one of those players that comes back you know in the next three seasons or something i hope he gets another shot where he's not screwed over by tribal lines being drawn day one or day two he will definitely come back like no doubt about it i feel like there are already like online petitions he's so attractive (laughs) he like was real he has a freaking boy scout tattoo i mean he's like He's a very, but was like not, not naive, you know, and he had like some, he had some good moves and some really good moments and, and like, was just like, really, it was so much bad luck. That run of Malolo challenges was just like, almost unwatchable. (laughs) It was so sad. So I, I think he, it, and the fact that he's 18, like, that's just so Crazy. crazy. I've, we've talked a bunch on this podcast about like, knowing he was 18 and still, forgetting he's 18 watching him because he just he's he seems like he's at least 25 yeah he's very composed and even to to that point he kept up the lie all the way until ponderosa it seems and the story that he apparently told which i'm pretty sure we didn't hear about on the show either he he talked about this this morning in his interviews he said he made up uh, a history of family alcoholism so that he wouldn't have to drink at the reward challenges and uh, he was like, oh, I don't take that lightly, etc. But he said he needed something real, and he went with that, and everyone believed it. He said Kellen particularly was like <laughs> having these deep conversations with him of like, oh, I know it must have been hard for you at that challenge reward thing to have everybody drinking, and you're just like kind of not not drinking or anything. And he he said that built up the trust to the point where he could pull off the lie about the idol this week, where. He told her he had one, and he said it was much more detailed than they showed on TV. Like, he had all this backstory from the season that it was supposedly from, and uh, he he basically had written up a whole parchment thing in his head to pull it off, but Kellen just kind of looked bad believing it on TV with how how easily they made it look like she believed it. But, yeah, he pulled out all the stops. Jess obviously loves him. Probst talked about how much he loved him. 
He said he's already up there with one of the most liked survivors of all time. Uh, I fully expect and hope he will play again. I hope doors open for him as a result of this. Not that he needs our help. He's really an amazing young man. Mm. Man crush alert. I mean, he's 18 and he's already like a Ford model and selling houses in Beverly Hills. You know, he's doing great. <laughs> he doesn't even he's need the million dollars. <laughs> he's just fine. And, um, uh, yeah, I thought he was a really good player. Um, and I would, I would love to see him play again. Okay, let me I ask you all this. We do love an underdog. Okay, before I move on, Kellen, good or bad at Survivor? We, we got it. You, you mentioned the decent to good <laughs> thing. But good or bad at this? What do we think? I think, though, that she's getting an edit where she's not going to win. Uh, and we're not, we're not supposed to like necessarily root that hard for her. But there are moments where other players have talked about her where they're like, I mean, she's so freaking likable. Or like, she has this amazing... So I feel like she is really well-liked in the tribe and pretty much has the third most amount of power according to what they think is happening. Maybe maybe Laurel is starting to eclipse her as she's like proven herself to Wendell and Dom more and more. I don't think she's great at Survivor because I think she is too nervous. And I think, she, I think unfortunately, her game is only getting worse, not better. But uh, I think she's like a decent player. Yeah, I thought she was really strong in the first half of the season. But the last two or three weeks when she's not been able to keep her cool if something doesn't go her way, it's really... Like Jessica was saying, it's really making me feel like she's not going to be that late game player like we were all expecting in the beginning. Uh, she just, I don't know why, it goes back to that tribal where you do you play with your head, do you play with your heart? And she's like, no, I play with my gut, which we've talked about is basically a bold-faced lie because she definitely, she plays the emotional game. You just get into, didn't get to see that early on because everything was going right for her. And when things are not yeah. going right, she goes into like freak out AWOL mode where she's trying to talk to people and like wonder why people are going against her or wonder like I she just she seems too sporadic and erratic and any other addicts that you can think of to make it any farther she's just going I don't know what's up with her the last few weeks maybe it's lack of food but she has dropped several notches in my ranking okay so I I think this is probably a good time in the season to ask this. With the people we've had voted out so far, I'll just list a few names, people that stood out to me as I was looking back through it. Brendan, he was Michael before Michael, I guess. <laughs> Libby, uh, obviously Michael. Bradley, Chris, James, Stephanie. Not not the original Stephanie, the second Stephanie. The one who like flirted with Jacob and then stabbed him in the back instantly in the first episode. I think like... Who do you like as a returner? Obviously, we talked about Michael would be a good returner, but like, who has stood out to you this season that I could come back? I think you. I think you mentioned this. I think Stephanie could be a good comeback player. We only like barely got into her backstory of like leaving Mormonism and like, uh, you know, I was like, oh my god. You mean when they gave her whole backstory in like thirty-five seconds? Yeah, I was like, let's get into this. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, Bradley as like a redemption song could be good if he was like kind of like um when Spencer came back and he was like I watched myself and I like was a changed man. I, think, I don't like, think Bradley's changing. <laughs> but he could. He could if he was if he I mean he could change, maybe not, but I think he definitely, like, talked a huge game and, like, was not impressive and was only, like, a whiny baby. Um, <laughs> and I feel like maybe he, watching him, like, grapple and try to be better might be good, because I liked watching Spencer try to do that arc yeah. of, like, I was, like, this, like, know-it-all cocky kid, and I got ahead of myself, and it caused the end of my game, and I had no personal relationships. I think that's very similar to Bradley. Ty? Yeah, I I think it's been mentioned. I don't really want to see Bradley play unless they try and do like a Heroes vs. Villain season because he was kind of enough of a villain to me and he annoyed me and just rubbed me the wrong way. Stephanie, I think, would be really fun to have back. Um, second Stephanie, not first Stephanie. Mom Stephanie, not Ocala Stephanie. I, I don't know because everyone says Libby got voted off, but we don't really know why. She was kind of a, a victim of circumstance. I want, I'm kind of curious if she's actually good at the game or if we just didn't get to see it. I don't know. That would be like a wild card that I want to know if she's good. Um, Brendan, Brendan could be good. He could be a good older guy since, you know, 45 is the new ancient person on Survivor. Other than that, there's not, there's not anyone that I really want to see out on the island again. Yeah, I think, I like Stephanie a lot too. I think there's, she has like, 
compelling quality that there's like like you, you talked about the mormonism thing and you feel like there's a complexity about her when she's talking that they can't really hide like a lot a lot of times they can easily shove people into the one box or the other you know it's like bradley's the villain he's the he's the jerk or whatever and, and like that's all you really get but you could tell there was a lot going on with stephanie and i i think she was she had the potential to be really interesting and like i alluded to with the jacob thing in the first week she could have been really good at it too um yeah so Ugh. The biggest problem, I I mean, I already said this, the biggest problem with this season, I think, is casting. There are, like, too few interesting personalities. We talked a lot about this last year. I mean, like, it seems like casting is just kind of questionable. Like, last year, they accidentally, I don't know if you followed followed the the off-the-field stuff with this, like, they accidentally cast two people who, like, lived across the street from each other in college, which was... Oh, yeah. Allie and Patrick, and then... Patrick, he was a piece of crap as a player (laughs) (laughs) i don't know you as a person but your little tantrum when you left was hilarious and then they cast jp which was like (laughs) the worst thing that's ever happened like oh my god that guy i need to be careful Uh, when i judge people because the like one person i judge super harshly taylor got on as a guest so i need to just be careful what i say um (laughs) I mean, everybody knows that your reality show edit can can do you wrong. So, I mean, like, this is not to comment on how they would be in real world or the wild, but just, like, uh, how they dis- are in Survivor. Disclaimer. Patrick was so... that His, <laughs> his like, hubris and then his vote-out tantrum were pretty hilarious. But, yeah, yeah, it's been, like, it's been, like, too many... I mean, when it was purposeful in Millennials, when it was, like, hey, there's a bunch of young hotties, but there's, like, a whole second half of people to counteract all these like young hotties made for a really interesting (laughs) season and not say some of those young hotties weren't great players. There were lots of great players in the, I mean, the millennials have played better than the Gen Xers, but it was like, you know, a good mix. This is like so many people in this season are really young and not say that there can't be some young players, but there's like huge imbalance and their careers are like hyphenate, travel real estate blog that's what you're supposed to do after you get reality fame not before it's like they already were doing instagram ads basically yeah like libby was described as social media strategist and having followed her i'm not sure if she just quit that job as soon as she finished survivor or what because it seems like all she does is fly around the world and do modeling it's like and Chris, like Chris yeah. was just listed as model. Michael is actually, uh, I guess he does real estate too, but it seems like he's pretty much just a model. And yeah, and was before Survivor. Like yeah. if you like his some of his model photos like predate Survivor. <laughs> I, you know, just, I feel like I you like, know more really, about Michael like, than anyone else. <laughs> well, because I started to be like, wait a second, he's got to be nineteen by now, and he still like reads as eighteen online or whatever. But I'm like, whoa, did he like graduate high school early and like? Already, he's a real estate agent at, like, 17? I don't understand. Um, so I'm a little, like, what's going on? Is the lie within a lie within a lie? You're actually, like, 32? But um, I don't think that's the case. I was just like, the kid has to be at least 19 by now. Well, so let's talk about his Ponderosa, because that was when he started telling some people about his real age. And speaking of The Bachelor, the Ponderosa episode was, like, Bachelor-like for part of it, where it was, like... Libby might be into Michael. Michael's into Libby. He's got to tell her his real age or else their relationship's going to start out on a lie. And like, yeah. there was this whole bit. And Ty, you, you said you had a, a interesting read of this, but like he was basically shaving. And I don't know if, if you guys thought this was smooth, but he was kind of just like, does it look like I'm shaving years off my life? <laughs> and she, he was just like, yeah, I'm a, well, guess what? I'm actually 18. And she was just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah dude she definitely stepped back from like flirt like she was very flirtatious and like all this stuff and then he shaved and he's like oh by the way i'm 18 and she was like what this is great and then she she went into like side hug mode and like don't talk to me anymore like it was super super awkward if you ask me i mean age is just a number for sure but when i was 24 <laughs> no way i would date an 18 year old that is like a that is a chasm at that time. Yeah. Like as you get older, that that difference wouldn't make as big of a difference. But no way, that person is barely legal. Like that is 
<laughs> no way, no way, no way. I think, like, the fact that they all, like, see him still as a peer and want to be buddies because he proved himself, I think, is great. But, like, no, no one, no. Do not, no. Mm-mm, no. Yeah. That and age, also, if you're and 18, you shouldn't date 18-year-olds, I think. <laughs> if you're 18, you shouldn't date 18-year-olds? It's just, it's you're only setting yourself up for disaster. Gosh. Some 18-year-olds <laughs> get married. I've had friends do that. Um... But like you were saying, if you're young, you just don't have life experience. That's why we have fun when we have, like, the older people on and we get to talk to them. And uh, I don't know, Joe Del Campo, him coming on and telling his, like, FBI stories are the most amazing stories you can hear. You're not going to have that at 18 years old. you got to be 70 and retired. Like, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he ruled. I think, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we had Joe Del Campo on the podcast, and he told the best stories, like, about, like, about working for the FBI and like sniping a guy on like during a mission and like how he had to dress up as a woman for a secret mission and like <laughs> it's just un he's unbelievable go listen to it if you haven't because he's great um but yeah i mean awesome. like the only thing that makes 18 year olds interesting is when they lie about being 18 apparently they just pretend they're older cuz it's just what can you do i but mean Mike- that was so smart of him like yeah. and that won him over to the fan base so quickly because it's like yeah this guy understands rather than being like i'm out here youngest player ever i'm doing key <laughs> signs that won't translate to <laughs> anyone tyler or taylor or the listening audience but i yeah they gotta do a better job mixing up casting this is too this is too skewed we gotta get we gotta get some more range we gotta get some more yeah, like, like sad scrappy mommy mama bears we gotta get some more like you know just like disgruntled people who've seen the world. <laughs> they gotta well, yeah, like. I mean, think about last season. They had uh, Lauren on, and everyone was like, "Oh, who's Lauren? She's this weird fisherwoman." But by the end of the season, like, I loved Lauren. She was awesome. I loved Lauren. Yes, she was That's like fighting for her kid. I always say, like, why are we not just putting like all kinds of people on here? Like big people, little people, fat people, skinny people, like. Uh, you know, Truly. maybe not just white people. Actually, they did an okay <laughs> job with that this year, I guess, but not really. Like, <laughs> just Sem- like semi-decent diversity, guys. You get a <laughs> you, yeah, you got you got three black people. Good job. Uh, um, it's like it, it's just inherently it would be more interesting if they mix it up and didn't try to put just models. But I guess also there is an appeal to people of just having someone pretty to look at. I, but you, that doesn't mean everyone needs to be that. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. I think I mean, that's we, why those... we fell in love with Donathan so early because he was this backwards, very Southern accent, not beautiful backwards? person. Back, you know, yeah. backwoods. Oh, backwards. backwards. I thought you said he was backwards. <laughs> no, backwoods he... kind of person. Who just came he on like, and, like, he instantly had something to identify with. And he had a quirk that, like, you don't see a gay man coming from the Tennessee foothills. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, he's awesome. The fact that he doesn't know that it's, like, a little bit wrong for him to be, like, too excited to meet Laurel. Like, she's so <laughs> exotic. It's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, bless your heart. Like, um, but I do love him. I, I think, like... It would make me so happy if he could pull off a big move. I've obviously been rooting for him, but I do feel like at this point, I don't know that he has like anything on his resume other than just like outlasting. Yeah. And guys, you- there's two more outs you're supposed to do. Wit and play. <laughs> I did not know what he meant. <laughs> uh, Wit, out good point. play. Out outlast. Out. And stand still if you're Chelsea. <laughs> That's how she won all of her challenges uh but yeah i think i don't know just do a better job casting you know and it, yeah. if you ever need proof that survivor is like moved along like it's a very progressive show just look to last week when they locked all the women in cages and had the men come rescue them <laughs> baby steps yeah that was really bananas because i do think <laughs> of it as a pretty progressive show most of the time i was like what <laughs> what is this backslide yeah, I mean, the obviously, the Zeke Varner transgender stuff was some of the wildest, like, survivor stuff that's ever happened. Yeah, but, that was great. But yeah. I mean, not the, great what happened. Great TV. Let me be very clear. <laughs> great <laughs> job, Varner. Love, great love Great how your... Zeke handled it. Great how, the, great how he, uh, his Hollywood Reporter article is really beautiful. Great TV. Not great. <laughs> What's weird is if you follow Varner on Twitter, not to go on another tangent, but he, like, he, like, still is, like, 
kind of not backing down. Like he's kind of like survivor framed me in an evil way. And everybody knows I'm gay. I care about the community. Blah. It's like very weird. It's, it's strange to follow. Yeah. Um, but on the, on the side of like leering weird survivor stuff, uh, at the end of Ponderosa this week, obviously we had the Chris <laughs> rap video a few weeks ago. We had the Libby sunbeam thing uh, a couple weeks ago where they just like showed her lying in bed, not doing anything for like a minute. And this week we had the cologne commercial, which I guess that's how cologne commercials are. But it was like very, uh, uh, Jenna said it got her in trouble with Sebastian when he saw it today. I mean, yeah, that's it was legit. Very that was, tantalizing. <laughs> it was like much more, and even Jenna said this. She's like, it was much more sexual than I thought it was going to be. Because <laughs> when we got to see them on Ponderosa, like she even said, she's like, I'm just really comfortable with Michael. Like we're just good friends. But then you watch this like cologne commercial, and like all cologne commercials are just overtly sexual. But it was like over the top because I've been watching these people for like three months now. I don't know. It was it was hilarious. And I think it was one of my favorite Ponderosas so far this season. It was just fun and it was goofy. And then you had like the weird love story between Libby and Michael. And like it was overall a great episode. But the cologne commercial, I was I was cracking up. I was actually laughing out loud, which I don't do very often. It was really funny, but again, I was like, he's 18, he like, just <laughs> came from his prom, <laughs> like, this is not okay, which made me like look up everyone else's ages, and they're like, they're not that much older than him, but it's just like, it just, <laughs> speechless. just doesn't feel right. There's something about Ponderosa, though, that's like kind of pure, and like, these are just people hanging out, where... I wish they would take that approach in the show itself more often of like what it's actually like to live on an island with people for 39 days and not not entirely just strategy stuff, especially when the show's so lacking in strategy at sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're we're obviously running longer than usual, so let's let's get into the power rankings. Bam 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 bam. We got it. Our, Who's going first? Do you want me to our, lead off? Yeah, lead us off, Ty. Give us your number one player from week 10. Number one this week, I've got Dom. And I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Dom is just, he's playing cool and collected. And he's just playing too strong of a game. Even from the from up front, like not many people are targeting him. And it's I think we just have to wait till Wendell tries to target him. Because he's in such a solid position, the way he's leading. And telling everyone exactly what they want to hear. But doing it in a way that makes him still have the advantage over them every week. Yep, I agree. And I think, like, until something massive changes, Dom's just going to, like, skate to the finish and win this thing. So, yeah, definitely, definitely Dom number one. Across the board, Dom number one. That's two weeks in a row, I think, for Dom. Hmm. (laughs) And is number two, is number two going to be the same? Uh, Number two, I got Wendell. So there's a good chance it's going to be the same. Yep, I agree. I got Wendell, too, also. (laughs) saw a ton from Wendell this episode I might give no can can you power ranks I would still maybe give it to Michael in terms of like sheer still like trying to hang on you know like asking Jonathan the planning of the idol I mean he did at least cause a chaotic first vote even when like he truly had no more like things to play he did more can we not rank someone who got voted out? Well, I was going to say, I always get really mad at, at Ty for, like, breaking the ranking rules and stuff. Um, and Ty, even before you came on, we were, talk- we were talking about... Uh, Ty-, Ty said, oh, I'm going to put Michael in the top three. And I-, and I was just like, no comment. But Ty, I actually... I put Michael number three on mine. I wanted to shock you. I, wanted- I-, I had Michael in it because everyone else is so unimpressive that, like... I think you're right. I think you have to have Michael in a power rankings, even in the week that he's voted out, just because... Like like we were talking about, everybody got up and hugged him. He's like mm. clearly was a huge impact player, and I just like I put Wendell ahead just I guess because he's still in the game. But but I think you're right. Fair. I think he 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 he's hard to argue with. So there you go, Ty. Nice, you're coming over to my side. I love that. Breaking the <laughs> crazy rules. rankings. Um, yeah. So my number two, I had Wendell in agreement with you guys. Did and I talk th- you out of putting Michael number three? So now you're gonna have some random person number three. <laughs> you talked me out of it over the last like two years because I wanted to put Michael number three, but I knew you'd throw a fit if I did. So I actually put Laurel. I put Laurel up above Kellen because 
I think she has now taken that backseat role where like we talked about a lot this episode, she could sneak into like a final three play and then have a great story and a great chance for winning. Um, she's not on the outs as far as like Donathan is. Donathan's kind of her right hand man and she's kind of Wendell's right hand woman. So I think she's kind of cemented herself this week with just kind of staying the course. Even though she's Malolo, I think she's got a close enough tie with Wendell that I don't think that's going to blow up in his face. It could blow up next week. Um, there is some really angry Kellen we got to see in the scenes in the next episode. But right now I got Laurel sitting at number three. I'm going to also put Laurel at three and I'm not putting Wendell in my top three because I feel like if I was doing like a, um, a macro, he would be my number two. But in a micro, I don't think Wendell had no moves or play necessarily this this episode. And uh, he almost was swayed by switching up the vote by Kellen's like paranoia. Whereas Dom was like, stay the course, stay mm. the course. Shh, shh. You know, he like, <laughs> whereas like Wendell kind of let that seat get in there a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm going to place Laurel number three. Because I, I do think she's doing more than most and the fact that she's like definitely the highest ranked malolo is worth a huge amount because of how they've just been plucked off so there you have it survivor week 10 that's pretty much i feel like we covered everything because i happen to have two people on this week who 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 like to just go go on their rants and and just kind of give me everything they're thinking all at once so it was i I had a hard time corralling both of you at the same time, but I think, we, I think we got it all in. I think we covered everything other than Jeff trying to desperately make Ghost Survivor Island great again. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Survivor great again. No, cause he even had a line this week where he, like when he announced the double tribal, he did like his Jeff voice and was like another twist for Survivor and it's 36 season. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the narration. <laughs> we really needed that. <laughs> We talked about Ghost Island. No need for that to come back, but I'm sure it will. I can't wait to see someone else go up and open the urn and see no game for you today. And then you get to throw that paper in and we watch you cook rice. Exciting. <laughs> Exciting Ghost Island. Ugh, what a failed premise. Uh, I can't wait to see what they come up with next. I think they should take the approach of Survivor slash Lost slash... Oh, what was it? I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to build to the plug thing. I don't. I don't remember let, what the other part let, was. Just uh, let Tyler finish. I know he's a huge fan of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, you want to plug off? He's book? referencing an episode. He's referencing an episode. <laughs> Ty, you want to plug off? Doing? Book the improvised musical podcast for us. Um, I believe the third aspect. I, th- I believe was Hunger Games. Um, oh, that's right. Hunger which Games, is what yeah. Zach, I think, definitely added because he does not watch Survivor, unlike Beth and I. Ooh, Zach doesn't dude. seem like he watches anything. Is is that is that crazy? Because whenever you talk about sports, this is sort of a tangent. Whenever you guys talk about sports, he has no idea what he's talking about. Um, whenever you reference like a TV show or movie, he seems to say the wrong name or thing. And I just wonder whether what he does. <laughs> he definitely has a reference base. It's just maybe not the same as mine um but uh, i guess you guys did pull off the tom cruise song together in that yeah yeah Um, but uh yes uh listen to awful the improvised musical podcast yeah they literally improvise a musical it's exactly what it sounds what an efficient name you guys have thanks yeah you had to put (laughs) it all out there it's like you gotta know what you're getting into Even well, that, I don't know if this. people would know what they're getting into. <laughs> I'll tell you this. You definitely got one more listener, at least for one episode, because now I have Woo! to go on oh, and see the magic you that you over. guys do that Taylor's been trying to convince me of for several oh, well, years then now. I can, I can say this. <laughs> I can say this in chess camp, but don't listen to the episode with the YouTube star. It was like the 15th episode or something. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it, it was just... There's a thing that happens where sometimes people are more ready to play with them than others. And <laughs> he, he didn't seem like he was like he had improvised before or something. And he was like, it was it was basically just Zach and Jessica back and forth all the time. But I'm just kidding. The show's always great. It's, <laughs> it's always great. So, yeah, go listen to that. And uh, Ty, do your do your whole thing. I'll try. If you enjoyed this episode <laughs> of On the Island... Go ahead, subscribe, follow us, tell a friend about it. You can always find Taylor 
on Twitter at Gaines Taylor. You can find me at Tyler B. Commons. Uh, we got a website called on the Island podcast.com where Taylor updates it with a lot of cool info, a lot of stuff you can get lost reading that I do sometimes still, even though I'm on the show every single week. Ah, that's sweet. Ty. that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. And it's at on the Island pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly what the Instagram name is, to be honest, which is, which is good, right? That's good. I don't really know what's going on. We're so good at this. And, uh, you can find Jess places too, right? Oh, it's at On The Island Pod on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jess R. McKenna or on Instagram at Jess Jess McKenna. Consistency. (laughs) I don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess if you live in LA, you, you can see her in person doing stuff. That's buying right, groceries. Yeah, you can see shows at the UCB LA Theater every Thursday at 7, improvising a musical. And sometimes more than that. <laughs> like other shows, not uh, doing more at 7 than improvising. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you, Jessica, for joining us. Getting thanks to for having uh, me. nerd out about Survivor a little bit. We go deep on the island. And Ty, thanks for joining me, like you always do for whatever reason. Always have fun. <laughs> Okay. Well, we're all just animals in the jungle. We're either predator or prey. Come back next time. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is uh, again.